0: recently there's been a worship sort of revival happening started asbury obviously the kids just said i want more of god all revivals that we can look at azusa street and many others all started with a bunch of kids that just said i want more of god they ended up in some room and they began to worship god and things begin to happen and every time there's something like that i get a sense that there's something coming after it there's a thing god wants to do i believe several weeks ago the spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said begin to talk about dedication and I began to preach what they're doing I began came in my spirit and I began to worship him and begin to preach about getting closer to God and this is that time amen the Bible says it's going to fall in the latter rain So I got up Wednesday night and I began to worship and I began to do what I've done in the past. Because, you know, I mean, you grow up in the 80s, you saw things happen. During the 90s, the moves of God that happened and the revivals that happened, Brownsville and things of, you know. And when we come to a moment like this, sometimes we want to go back to the 80s and grab it. But this ain't the 80s. (laughs) And whatever God's going to do, it's not going to look like the 80s. It's just not. It's not going to look like the 1990s or the 2000s. This is 2023, and God's about to do something. And if ever there was a generation that needed a touch, it's this one right here. And I began to worship the Lord, and I started to steer it the normal way I would. And as I began to steer it, I, Lord, what are you going to do? And He said, I'm going to do something as long as you don't do it. In other words, it's not going to be on us, it's not going to be us, it's the Holy Spirit. These kids have been singing with a beatbox and a guitar, they don't have any fancy music, any great singers. But I've listened to people who were anointed that couldn't sing from this thing. And I thought, my Lord, how could they sit there? Because the anointing was on. And what we need is anointing in our life. We need anointing in our church. It is the anointing. I want you to say this. It's the anointing. that breaks. not even a good sermon. It's not even, you know, because when you come to a church, you're not going to remember the songs we sung on your first Sunday. But you'll remember the touch of the Holy Spirit. That's what you'll remember. And our churches need to be filled with the touch of the presence of God. That's what we need. We need the touch of God. I love you, Jesus. I worship Him. just want to tell you. I love you, Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about. Me. It's about you. And I love you. i'm just going to read a few scriptures and talk to them this morning and i just want it to be a touch to their heart those of you watching in florence i love you amen we're going to have a good time in the second service i warn you amen hallelujah thank you jesus thank you amen there are a few things i wanted to talk about two of them were music and singing what, what is it that we're seeing? What is it that God wants to do? They're not going to be able to keep going at Asbury. I mean, they've got to have classes. Those people have paid $30,000, 40000 $60,000 to go to school, and they're there to get an education. That helps them in the natural world. That's why they paid that money. But God interrupts. How many know God can interrupt? Aren't you glad he interrupts? They'll be okay. It'll be all right. But if I was the president of the school, I'd do what that guy's done. I'd say, okay, we're going to have a revival, but we're also going to have the natural. How many of God takes and puts the supernatural on the natural and makes it supernatural? Aren't you glad we get supernatural? I want you to say, I have a supernatural life. That means you have the natural. That means you've got to go and do what you do every day. You know what? If you don't mow your grass, it's going to grow too high, and then you're going to look awful as a neighbor. Amen. you got to mow your grass. But you know, you can go out there with that mower and just start praying and seeking God and spending time with the Lord. It can be a Holy Ghost mow. (laughs) Put God in the middle of it. That's why I said put me in the middle. Trust me with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me. I'll direct your path. And we need a life directed by God. There are things he wants to do for us. And you know something? I mean... You know, I'm, I, I have a family condition right now that's going to lead us to losing a family member. And, and, and I love all of y'all. I love you. Some of you are so beautiful, and some of you are just so great and so wonderful and all that stuff. But at some point in your life, it's going to end. I don't care who you are. It's going to end. And no matter what you're going through, as bad as it is, God has better on the other side. And I thank God for that. But in saying that, I'm saying this, that, that, that all that we have and all that we do, the single sole most important thing we do, is serve God. If you don't understand that, if you missed the point that, okay, and, and, and we all make mistakes and all that stuff, but it's serving God that makes all the difference. And when you're laying there, I've sat by the bedsides of people, and as I've sat there and they looked over, it was a few minutes before they were gone or hours before they gone, and said, I just wish I'd have done more for God. I just wish I'd have done more for the Lord. I know you've got to have nicer cars and nicer houses and have nicer lives. God's not wanting to take those things away from you. He said he'd give us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. God wants us to have the things we need, but he doesn't want us to have it without him. That's why he said it this way. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he'll add all this stuff to you. We don't have to seek after it. We just have to seek after him. You know, when we sing in church, one of the things you need to know, and whether you have a good voice or not, it doesn't matter. You know, one of the things that was interesting, you know, there's all these people that Have you, know, have you watched any of this little bit of an ad? It's all over Facebook, TikTok, uh, you know, every kind of social media platform, this thing that's happened. For hundreds of hours, they have been worshiping God in this chapel. Hundreds of hours, nonstop worship in this chapel. They've repeated songs over and over and over again, which I would have already quit by now. But of just watching God move and it's begin to touch other places. I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't have a judgment about revival. That's not our job. That's not our job to have judgments about things. Our job is to say, God, what do you have for us? What do you have for me? There's a great uh, story that my pastor would tell when he was younger in his church. There was a great deacon. They were called in. A lady had heard or had a vision from the Lord or had something happen. An angel had come and visited her in her house. And when, when, when this happened to her, she had this vision. She came back to the church to tell them she had had an experience. When they got in the room, they were all discussing this experience. And all the pastors would sit around and all the, all the leaders of the church sat around and discussing it. And one after one, it was like, why did she and how come she and what? And they were judging this thing. And finally, this man had not said anything. The pastor finally looked at him and said, Listen, I haven't heard anything from you. Why don't you make a comment and tell us what you're thinking? And he said, Well, I'm not so concerned that she's seen an angel. I wonder why we haven't. And I think that's a better better attitude to have towards God. What do you want for this generation? How can our churches be filled? Not with religion. How many of you know religion doesn't change anybody? Many of us have sat in religious churches for years and years. I did. My, my mom and dad were the pastors, and they loved the Lord and taught the word. But I, 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 there was a moment when that changed for me and became more relationship than it did religion. How many know we need relationship? Come on, somebody. We need a relationship with Jesus. He's not somebody at a distance. He's somebody that lives in our heart, and we need relationship. Do you know that singing is not an option for the church? Did you know that? So it's not about whether you can sing or not. You may say, well, the only place I sing is in my shower, where nobody can hear me. Well, that's good, but God said it's an, it is not an option. In other words, he said it was a command. Listen to this from Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with all thanksgiving in your heart to God. Singing, worshiping God. Every believer to have a song. Come on, every believer ought to have a song. There ought to be something that comes up out of your spirit. You ought to have a song and worship that comes out of you. And you ought to be you know, singing for joy and singing to get joy. Amen. Whether you have joy or not, singing is a good a way to get joy. Somebody ought to say Amen. You know, and so it says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with all thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Listen to Ephesians 5 18 and 19. It says, Don't get drunk with wine, where is a debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms. Isn't this interesting? Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. God commands his people to to worship, to praise. It's not just an invitation to sing. It's a command to sing. We sing because God told us to. Why did we have this worship this morning? Why do we need this worship this morning? Because God told us to. We sing and make melody in our heart. Believers ought to have a song. Look at somebody and say, you ought to have a song. well, I don't sing. Yes, you do, because God said you do. Amen. You do. Amen. And when you come, you know, I've I've watched this revival, and, you know, these people are having their cameras or whatever, and you're watching, and the guy that's got the camera that's standing there worshiping with everybody can't sing worth nothing. So you're listening to him, and he's terrible. But it still sounds great. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. So we sing to the Lord. Number two, not only do we sing because we were commanded to, we were told to, We sing because it makes a deeper root of the word in us. It causes the word to be stronger in us. That's why Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly singing. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then it says singing psalms. It is an embedding. It embeds it into us. It embeds into us the word of God. He tells us that we live this command. The first course is teaching, but the second is singing. The first court, it's, we get the word, but then we begin to sing it, and we begin to worship it, and it becomes embedded in us. Singing is one of the two chief ways which God dwells in us richly. Isn't that interesting? He dwells in us richly by the word and by? Okay, let me say. He dwells in us richly by the word and by? Let me help you again. He dwells in us richly by the word and by, say it, Florence, singing. We sing and make melody to the Lord. Every believer needs a song. It is a command. But the command comes with promise. As we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs together, we're promised that the word of Christ will dwell in us richly because we crave him through our singing. Our singing is more than a warm-up to a service. It's more than just a filler during service times. Colossians 3 says it clearly lays out that singing is what brings in that deep richness of the Word of God. We sing and we worship to begin a service, not because it's so the pastor can be late and get there in time to preach. You don't need me here to have singing. You, you know, I mean, I'm glad I'm coming because I want to sing with you. I want to worship God. I want to be closer to the Lord. And there's something about it. You know, if you think about the times in your life, maybe some of you went to concerts. You know, you can remember places you've been and you saw concerts, whether it was worldly or Christian. You know, some of you, who be real honest, who has gone to a worldly concert, you know, good good country concert. or You can remember it. Do you know why you can remember it, why the memory exists? Because the music embedded the memory. That's the reality. I mean, it's not that the guy jumped off the stage or held the guitar. Hey, Amen, it was that he was singing while he was jumping off the stage and playing the guitar it's something about worship and i want to tell you something when we come you ought to put on your best singing voice whether it's good or bad we'll just drown you out <laughs> amen when we get drums and guitars and by the way they're, they're coming over here for the, uh to work with the singers mr ramona is coming over and i want to make sure everybody's prepared for that it's in the bulletin there's knowledge of that we need singers here Amen. It's time to get some singers singing while we play and some other musicians. And, and so there'll be people, of course, that help out from Florence. If you're from Florence, we need to get singers singing. How many of you know it makes a difference? Because singing is a command. I want you to get this. Singing is a command. Now, they get mad at me in Florence when I say this. Now, y'all have been over there. And so you, you've, some of you have seen what we've done and what we're going to do here. Amen. Hopefully the vision catches. But uh, I always say this, and they say, please don't say this. Pastor, don't say it anymore. Listen, worship doesn't require you to have a great voice. We're not looking for great voices. We're looking for great praisers and great worshipers. That's what we're looking for. And so I'm going to leave off some of it, Ms. Ramona. I won't say the rest of it, but I'm saying we're looking for great praisers and great worshipers. Somebody say amen. And that's not necessarily great singers. Amen. Amen. I love this. A great man of God wrote it this way. He said that church and singing is what we call take home theology. Say that take home theology. theology. Because the best songs we sing together serve as a memorial. It's like a three minute memorial of what we learned in Scripture. And we could say something like maybe a song like Christ in Christ Alone. And in that is a memorization, a formal place to store how great Jesus is. And it is through Jesus that we got saved. So songs memorialize what you did today. It, it places, that's why when you leave here, you ought to be singing and making melody in your heart. Stamp, sta, uh, stamp and staple this to your spirit. Staple it to make a difference. And don't just come here and think, well, we'll do the three, the 30, we do about 20 to 25, sometimes more of just praise and worship. That's kind of the idea, you know, 20, 20, 20, 20 minutes of worship, 20 minutes of something, and we try and do those things. But, you know, it's more important that we stamp God in us. Every believer needs yeah. a song. Amen. Get in your car and sing. Get in your car and put on music and sing with the music. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen, that's the way I do it. I just put somebody that actually can sing, sing, and then I sing with them, and it always sounds good. <laughs> That's how I do it. That's right. You may not have done this, maybe you've never done this, maybe you never understood, maybe nobody ever explained to you why we have a song service. It's the preparation place. It's the place that 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 opens us up to the embedding of the word, to the embedding of the spirit. Most of the times we've been touched by God, it's been in the course of some song service. Think of the truth. Isn't it the truth when you thought, oh, my Lord, I got in there, and we began to worship, and it was like God came down out of heaven because he does. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. He comes to the place where we worship. He comes to the place where we sing. He comes to the place where we gather and give him glory and honor him and praise him. I need to keep going. Amen. When you sing, you build other people up. That's what number three, when you sing, you build other people up. Ephesians 5, 19, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and our address in this room has to include psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. It builds us up. You need worship because it builds us up, and it builds others up. We see the same thing in Colossians. Listen to this, Colossians 3, 13 through 16. He says, forbearing one another forgiving one another if any man has a quarrel against any even as christ forgave you you do it and above all these things put on charity or love which is the bond of pertinence and let the peace of god rule your hearts to which also you are called in one body to be thankful this is colossians 3 13 through 16 i'm at verse 16 let the word of christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another and how did he say to do it in psalms Can you see it? I mean, he gathers it all together and says, you can accomplish. This is what you have to accomplish. The exhortation of bearing one another, forgiving one another, putting on love, being at peace, and uniting the body of Christ, teaching God's word comes with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. They're not absent of what we do to accomplish the task. uh, To do, to accomplish this task of forgiving one another. Of, of, of putting on love, of peace and unity in the body of Christ, teaching the word of God, it is accomplished with songs, with singing. I'm saying this because I want us to come in here and light this place up. I want you all to shake the the, the the paint off the walls. Amen. Somebody ought to say amen. Because we came and we know that there's something that's going to occur. That's why I know what's happening. Is This is the thing that wasn't spawned by man. It wasn't, all of a sudden, a few kids got together and said, okay, let's go have revival. They went in a room, and what did they do? What's it going to accomplish? Because they're singing, and because they're worshiping God, which is what we need to understand of the church. It's not the formality of the pre-service. It is more than that. You know, I find myself having to do that. When When I go to preach, I sense there's an urgency inside of me to sing. And to worship God, I have a little bit of talent, so it makes it a little easier for me. But if it didn't, I'd find somebody who could. Thank God for Sammy. He can sing. How many would say amen? Sam can sing. Amen. 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 And so I can step back a little bit and let him sing. Y'all like that. Amen. Amen. Singing. Singing. Music's crucial to what we do. When we look in the Bible, we can see time after time after time. They would send the musicians and the worshipers. Before the war. Amen. And the uh, the accomplishment of the worship was far greater than the war itself. They went into one battle, and the Bible says they sent the musicians out. When they came, everybody had already been defeated. Listen, I'm telling you, you need to become a worshiper of God, and you need to become a singer and a worshiper. If I haven't said, if you don't catch anything I say, if you just go brain dead for a minute, please let one word say, I'm going to sing. Say it, I'm going to sing. Come on, say it again, I'm going to sing. Because the Bible said so. and it it, Listen, it doesn't matter whether you can sing or not. Nobody has to hear you in your car. I promise you. You can get in the car and jam out. That's right. amen. amen. You know, I'm kind of funny. I pray in the spirit and I go in the mall and I begin to pray in the spirit or whatever. I'll pray in my car. And then if people ever hear me, they just think I'm talking in a foreign language. <laughs> Somebody ought to say amen. You know, you don't have to embarrass yourself. You don't have to embarrass God. You can, you, can, you can worship him, and great things happen. When you do it, others are built up. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns, we're to do this. Exhortation to sing comes on the heels of bearing one another up. When we do it, the Bible says, and sing together as a church family, we're hearing confessions of faith. It's confessions of faith. Worship is confessions of faith. When we're hearing hundreds of others join us in singing, we're hearing hundreds of testimonies of faith that are all around us. And we also know that as we sing, we're helping unbelievers. One of the greatest things that brings people to the altar is when we worship. When we begin to worship and the presence of God comes because it is by the Spirit of God that men are drawn to Christ. It's not by great preaching. And I, I mean, preaching is, you know, I heard some this, this, this revival's going on, and I just thought, you know, because there's critics of everything. And so this guy came on and he was being a critic. Number one, he said, They let women talk. I'm thinking, okay, well, we all need to turn you off. Because right. I live in a house and I can tell you right now, my wife has more words than I do. I had to tell her, I actually had to tell her last night, Amy, I've run out of words. <laughs> <laughs> it was really true. I'd come to the end. I just, there wasn't anything else left, you know. And then, the, and then he was mad because they didn't use the King James version of the Bible. If you don't use the King James version of the Bible, and they were using other versions of the Bible, I'm thinking, we really need to turn you off. <laughs> Did you know, you know, I, I, I am a King James enthusiast. I love the King James Bible. Here's why I love it, because it's so poetic. It's Old English. And it comes from a time when it was Old English, and I can memorize it. I, don't, I have a hard time memorizing the NIV. But I can memorize the King James Version. Thou shalt sticks. (laughs) Say amen. Amen. Our God works. Amen. And so I can handle that. But it was written and certainly interpreted well by King James, but the original texts were not King James. And so as we go back, there's been new understanding of the language, not different understanding, just more complex things that we can, we can make it more understandable. And some of the New King James Version type versions sometimes are easier to, to understand. We, we certainly should know the difference between if it's got the blood in it or if it's got you know the Holy Spirit in it or words that should be in there that are not. And it should be comparable. You ought to be comparing Bibles. But if you think the only Bible you're going to get anything out of is the King James Bible, we need to have you come to the altar again. No, it's not the only one, and I would say read that. That's probably the most uh, you know, uh, palatable to read in terms of rememorization and things, but you ought to take that and go back and say, okay, well, maybe there's a little deeper here. Maybe there's a little more. Maybe there's something I can get as an understanding, not a paraphrase. See, there are some Bibles that are paraphrased Bibles. Now, that's not the same as an interpretation. Right. We're not leaning on paraphrase. That's where somebody took it and said, well, I'll add, you know, hey, I felt good that day, you know. And and, and phrases that are nomenclature for us, that's a paraphrased Bible. And so we're not talking about that. There are interpretations of Bibles that are closely related even to the King James Version. And you find out they don't change much, just give deeper thoughts uh, or more interpretation given the facts that we know more about the language today. How many know when you go back to those Masoretic texts and you go all the way back, you're going to find out that's where everybody goes to get it. And all they're doing is getting information that's more inclined to more understanding. Does anybody get that? Yeah. You know, when somebody comes to understand the English language, there are going to be some things we got to understand about this in the future if we're not here. That's right. Amen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. It's like going back and learning Greek. But now imagine going further than that. So my point is this. After listening to it complain about they didn't sing hymns, the Bible didn't say just to sing hymns. He said spiritual songs. He said hymns, making melody in your heart. There are songs that are in the believer. I love to worship and let the Holy Spirit speak through me when I worship. You ought to sing songs that are new. If all you could sing was a hymn, you're limited. But you ought to be able to sing psalms and sing things that are new from your spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. You're helping unbelievers. Psalms 104.35 says it this way. And I, don't, I think I'm already over. Am I over? It says it this way. Sing unto him a new psalm. Take all his wonderful works. Think of the impact on someone who doesn't know Christ to hear thousands of testimonies and thousands of confessions that we speak when we do this. Let me give you a couple more. Number five, we sing through spiritual or supernatural trials. When we go through things, we sing. Paul and Silas are the perfect example. The Bible says that when they were in Acts, chapter 16, that they prayed and sang. I mean, if you, don't need, if you don't hear, again, if you're just limited to what you can hear today, they prayed and. Come on, somebody. We need to sing. I get, I, listen, believers, if you just stop singing, that's the devil stealing your victory. I believe that some of them get mad. Well, they didn't use me. They didn't like it. And they didn't hear what I had to say. And they treated, mistreated me. And they did me wrong on Planning Center. And I don't like it. And you've let the devil steal your ability for victory in your life. And you're limiting your, your, your process. And what your, God wants to do with you because you've been limited by the devil. He's stolen your ability to sing. He's taken away your moments of worship. He's taken away your ability to overcome because he's found a way to shut your mouth and turn it off so you no longer worship him and sing. you got to sing. Amen. Come on, somebody say, i got to sing. Number six, when you sing, you walk a God-designed pathway to joy. And number seven, when you sing, you glorify God. Amen. Folks, we're here to do that. And when we come, about 75% of our services are about music. We do music before it starts. We do music while it's going on. We do music after the offering. We do music at the end. And, and the preaching somewhere in there about 25%. That might surprise you. But if you go to any church that's doing the work of God, it somewhat feels the same way. It's about 75% music. And then a percentage is preaching because the music is what connects us to the preaching. Do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? How many are ready to come next week and just blow it out? Amen. Amen.